So 561 Music now has a hotline. You can call us anytime at 561-203-9122 and ask us any questions you like, um, you know, some humorous ones or something about um, the guests we've had on the show or questions about gear or questions about the festival or anything you like. Um, it's, of course, 561 203 9122. We would love to hear from you. Um, we did a pretty fun little message, so you get to hear that too. Um, even if you just call up to listen to me and Hector trying to do a good phone message, that's a good enough reason. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, please get in touch. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name is Ben. And I'm Hector. What are you giggling about? Hector? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no good. idea either, but I like it. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So um, it's been crazy weather lately, raining a lot. It's been stupid weather, and I, I mean, hate it because I do the real estate photography stuff, and I can't fly a drone in the rain. I mean, I can, but it really sucks. Also, rain is your nemesis. <laughs> it is my nemesis, man. It's like, uh, I'm like Bruce Willis in that movie. Like, when I get wet, I'm like, ah! Yeah, it's adorable, actually. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. stupid, but yeah. I'm sure I have something that I'm uh, sort of unrealistically sort of irritated by, but yours is definitely rain. Oh, no, it's 100% it's rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, so, yeah, quite an interesting weekend. Um, Thursday, we were meant to play uh, Clematis by Night, but then it got cancelled. By the rain. See, I told you it was my nemesis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. I'll take that one. The um, But it was pretty fun because we got to, we did like a really loud, awesome sound check. And it, it turns out that the guy who was doing our sound did, was it, is doing a great job. So when we go back there in June, it's going to sound Yeah, he badass. dialed it in and then he, uh, he I guess he somehow he locks in those settings or something so that when we go back, it's at the very least, it's a really good starting point for us, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the wonders yeah. of modern technology. And the two people things. that were sitting there listening to the sound check thought it sounded good, so that was good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, one of whom was spectacular, but anyway, we won't get into that. Um, yeah, and uh, and then on Friday, what were we doing on Friday? We were we went to Kilted Mermaid. Kilted Mermaid. That's it. It was so, a fun crowd there uh, Friday night. Yeah, dude, it was a good show. No, it was, and I always like playing there. It's not a big place, but the vibe is just. It's perfect, you know? If James was here right now, he'd slap you for saying vibe. I know, he hates it when I say vibe, doesn't he? And I get it. You know, I don't it's know. A, it's a stupid word. <laughs> and then uh, what did we do Saturday? Saturday we played at the Canyon Amphitheater Yeah, for Legends on the Lawn. So now we're, legends le now we're legends, lawn. right? Now yeah. We're officially absolutely. legends now? Well, in order to be booked, we had to have already been legends. Uh, so we've been legends. That man. makes way more sense now. <laughs> it makes way more sense now. Yeah, totally. No, that was a good time. There was a bunch of people there. I'd never been. I'd never been to that part of Palm Beach County, like no. West Boynton. No, it was a group of ladies. that got up, and started line dancing, literally to every single song we played. It didn't matter what we played; they were line dancing. Yeah, super fast <laughs> songs. I, I wasn't sure if it was line dancing or the electric slide, but it was. It, I think was, it was something. A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, totally. A little bit of both. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and we'd play like a, a slow song. They'd find it. We'd play like the, our fastest, craziest songs, and they'd be right there yeah. on the beat. 
They knew what they were doing, man. Yeah. And Professional. Then, and then the guy came up and said he was celebrating his uh, 26th anniversary and asked us for some Johnny Cash. So we played Folsom Prison Blues oh, for his 26th anniversary. You know what it was? Do you remember? He, wa- he wanted Stevie Wonder. He wanted like a love song. He wanted some R&B, and we, that's just not us. So Yeah. And then we went through all these different songs that we knew. And I think the only thing that he really genuinely liked out of it was Johnny Cash. So, right. and, and and the one that he wanted, the way we play it, yeah, it speeds up. It speeds up. So they were up. doing this sort of yeah. like close, sort of like slow dancing. This they got like, up and started slow dancing, and then we just got faster and faster and yeah. faster. They they gave up and sat down at one point. <laughs> I mean, we had we had two options. We could have done a really lame version of it, or just done what we always do. And I think that we just went. We did what we always do because yeah, at, a, at a certain point in the middle of the song, we were like, "What? Do we just stop, or do we just go for no, it?" You know, no, and we no, went no. for it. Uh, we did the right thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't think he, he wasn't upset. Yeah, exactly. No. I think it was fine. He had a good time. He was a nice bloke. He, he wants me to play it as he wants us, I should say, to play at his brother's wedding. Nice. So yeah, yeah he said something like that. up in New York or something, or Jersey or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. gonna be good times, man. Sweet. Yeah, so um, we have the Smoke Boss Militia with us today. How's it going, guys? It's going great. great. Thanks for having us, fellas. Yeah, man. Do me a favor and get into oh, this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Nice I've and, never nice been on a podcast before, nice so this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. I should have told you before. But um, I agree. <laughs> so we have Andy, Lucia, and Bill. Um, thanks so much for coming. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, um, and uh, it's nice to have a fellow English person on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? Well, uh, sort of in the um, Kent area and then in the last few years, London. Gotcha. So, uh, my sister lives in London. I was born in London, but then I ended up, uh, I don't know. I don't don't know if anyone cares, but but yeah, yeah, Andover is where where most of my family lives. Yeah. Yeah. Nice part of the country yeah that would be way yeah. better way better if like bill would have said oh i'm from london and you didn't answer at all and then we would all have been wait a minute what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start over yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the <old is> good <laughs> oh, oh i'm not english what? <laughs> <laughs> so um the question we usually start with is uh how did you find yourself getting into music like what were your early formative musical years like were your parents supportive stuff like that and I think that it, a good way of doing it would be to just go from um, right to left and start with you Andy well alright um, I always loved music it, it wasn't until uh, I, I started playing the harmonica in when I was 13 or 14 a little bit with some bands but my uh, th- my big just eye opener was my, my stepbrother who was quite a bit older than me uh, when we moved into his father's house, when he, his father married my mother, it's, it's confusing. But anyway, he left this huge crate of old records that were just, un- you know, Jimi Hendrix and, uh, and Steel Pulse and, and Led Zeppelin and, and just a really wide array oh, cool. of stuff. And it, um, that was when I really started to realize that music wasn't just music yeah. like it was to the most it was really something that it's i like aspired to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, I was like i want to do this yeah i think those early formative experiences really shape how you view music you know going forward my mom had a big vinyl collection and it, it was important to me too absolutely yeah did you ever have any uh lessons on anything I did have some guitar lessons for about a year like in ninth grade i broke my collarbone for the third time and 
I thought, oh my God, how am I going to meet girls if I can't play football in high school? Yep. I was like, I'm going to get a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I took lessons with this great guy, Ratso Girardi, who's Ratso uh, Girardi. He's a legend <laughs> awesome in name. in Stanford, Connecticut, and and. Southern Connecticut in that area. He's just legendary guitar player. He'd come downstairs, you know, he had this basement suit. He'd come down and say, you guys ready to rock? And he'd be wearing his karate gi because he just came from karate. Just oh, amazing dude. Hi, Ratso, <laughs> if you're watching. Um, but yeah, and after that, I, I found I was playing different kinds of music with different groups of friends. It was just interesting how, you know, I had the punk kids and the, the Irish traditional buddies and, and I was just trying to get in anywhere I could. I just yeah. found it was so much easier to learn about my playing by playing with other people. And and then playing with other instruments became even more important yeah. once I sort of got the basics. Like, okay, but how does this work with a bass and a drum set and yeah. keyboards and that kind yeah. of thing? Um, no, I think it's uh, playing with other people especially early is 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 really important is what it's all about and ultimately absolutely yeah i mean for me anyway i know that like a, you know, there's plenty of people out there who who only play by themselves and do so very well but um the part i like about it is is the community of it and the feeling you get when you're playing with other people absolutely there's nothing well there's a few things but <laughs> not much compares <laughs> for sure what about you lucia um how did you find yourself getting into music well i sort of had the you know the enforced piano lessons as a you know yeah, me too. young kid and all that stuff but then my brother made a guitar and I ended up sort of dr getting drawn to that he made it yeah he made it from sort of a kit or something oh, cool. and then so I started being much more interested in that and played that for a few years piano on and off and then just sort of you know when I was a student in London I was just moving around everywhere I'd, my friend sat on my guitar so that was that <laughs> and then you know I didn't have a piano either we were just sort of in and out of different flats all over the place sure I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. and then um, I've, but I was always like drawn to like I think was a kid that we used to watch a lot of spaghetti westerns I always yeah. loved the kind of banjo sound and so I eventually came <laughs> sort of full circle and ended up playing that you know when I after I moved here okay cool yeah if, you know it's funny um it was right around the time that like Frank Turner became a thing that um, it, it sort of turned me back on to uh, and like when Oh Brother Where, Where Art Thou came out and all that stuff mm. kind of turned me back on to um, well really turned me on at all to, to country music and bluegrass and stuff and uh, you know all, all those like coffee table albums like the Alison Krauss and stuff like that yeah. Um, yeah, that was really important to me when all that stuff came out and then um you know, to the point really where even the band I was playing and I was getting itchy feet because uh, I was just dying to start playing stuff like that, you know. Then when I moved here, I was like, well, what? I, I'm in America. I may as well just jump in with both feet. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seems like you can sort of relate to that because, uh, yeah, you just picked it. So you started playing it when you moved here? After I moved here, yeah. I, was, I started playing guitar again when I moved here, but then um, I bought a banjo right before COVID hit and I picked it up. I thought, oh. I thought it was going to be easier, but then when COVID <laughs> happened, you know, I thought I just thought, okay, this is a good chance to actually sit and try and learn this thing. So yeah, how long have you been here? Um, actually, over twenty years, believe it or not. Right, right. Yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, um, you know, when I say I've been here for, I've been here thirteen years now, and they always go, "Still got the accent," but I was thirty when I moved here. Yeah, you don't really lose that. I <laughs> no. mean, I, I used to work with a bunch of Brits as well, so we were always talking all. You know, all day and yeah. sort of, you know, so I don't, didn't really lose it. And also, 
it's 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 almost like a, it doesn't stop you from doing anything and it can be helpful in certain situations for better or worse everyone remembers you you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so it's like you call someone up on the phone and you're like, oh it's that British I know, person that crazy banjo English lady yeah doesn't exactly. make doesn't make yeah, <laughs> yeah. from around these parts are you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly it can be helpful it can also be a little bit yeah n- not so helpful depending, depending on who it is <laughs> I always think as well with like you know playing country and bluegrass um so I have I have it particularly badly because you know I'm English and I play like a ton of Irish music, mm. so people people half the time just don't know what to. They're like, okay, so you're English, but you're playing like country, bluegrass, no, they, and Irish music. They actually go. They actually come up to the band all the time and say, you know, go up to Ben and say, "What part of Ireland are you from?" Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to which he usually replies, "The English part." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, my dad. Had, and, and my mum both had tons of Irish blood. I could get an Irish passport if I wanted to, but mm. but you know, like a million other English people. But um, but you, I I don't know. I was born in England. You know, not yeah. to deny that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. proud of it. And, you know, in a way. You've been here a long time too. Or? Thirteen. Oh, years. Thir- sorry, you did just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you beat me though. Twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Bill, what about you, man? How did you find yourself getting into music? I uh, was the kid in class who got kicked out of class for using my desk as a percussion instrument and <laughs> inciting conga lines in gym class. And Amazing. Near riots. Uh, so had the my, rhythm from a young age then. Yeah, yeah. It always, it always appealed to me. My brother was about eight and got a, a toy drum set and got bored with it, and I thrashed it into kindling within about a year. And, <laughs> uh, I didn't actually start really taking it seriously till my teens right and, and didn't start playing professionally till my mid-20s gotcha did you uh did you end up having lessons at any point only for a short while uh when i was just formative uh, there was a guy who was a great jazz drummer uh from lake worth named harris johnson and uh, he has since died unfortunately i was there at the hospital when he died oh, uh, yeah. Happens yeah. to the best of his thing yeah he had a he i think he had a instant brain bleed that made him totally incapacitated yeah, and he didn't sorry. last much longer but he was a, a great guy a great teacher a great drummer and he did a lot of work uh in the sobriety field as well helping a lot of people so. excellent yeah well, i can respect that absolutely um so the band how long has the band been together the band has been a band since last december we basically um, I thought you were going to say last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved to Florida in September of 22. One. 21? Right, 21. How did you guys all find each other? And we, I just, uh, I had uh, I'd recently gotten sober and yeah. I'd recently put my guitar down. You know, it just was such a trigger that I just stopped playing for a while. Same with me. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I had to kind of work on it, but I didn't, I, I, something about it like disgusted me for a little while. Yeah, it was just like, uh, it's just, it's got me in the wrong mindset. I'm just not, you know, just, yeah. just like, go walk out of the living room, look at the guitars on the wall, and be like, they're staying up there today. Yeah. But, uh, but so I moved here, and uh, I, this was when I was living in San Diego, I moved here. And uh, I just got the itch. I started going to the beach and playing and uh, started pulling out some of the old stuff, you know, because I'd been doing punk rock for the past 20 or so years. Yeah, I mean, as you brought it up, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
Well, sure. Um, I, I, I know about it, but I have, you know. <laughs> in, uh, in about 2000, I moved out. I had moved to New York City for the past five years. Things had just sort of fallen apart. I think a lot of that was drinking related. But anyway, sure. I went back to, uh, to southern Connecticut and Port Chester, New York, where all my friends, my old buddies uh, and musician buddies had all sort of, you know, convened. And we started this uh, skate punk band called the Board Lords. At Board about the Lords. same time, I started. I had written name. all these songs that weren't <laughs> punk and all, but the Board Lords took off like right. in a in a mini scene kind of way. It's we sort of reinvigorated everything for a while. Just that was punk and and hardcore, and it, it was just brilliant. It was so great. Wicked man. But the other stuff just kind of fell by the wayside. Um, Things happened. I married a girl, moved to California. That didn't work out. So I, I lived in L.A. and then uh, had a great job for a couple of years. But then I moved to San Diego. And that's where I met uh, Rat City Rye. I just met the drummer one night at right. this show I got dragged to. He's like, hey, man. Uh, oh, I was wearing a fear shirt. He's like, oh, yeah, we, we couldn't make it last week. Sorry. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're you're in a punk band? Because uh, this band I'd been dragged to by this friend of mine who, like, uh, and he was filling in for somebody, but it was this, you know, a guy with really long hair and a fan and a light, a right, light box okay. he was standing on. So, you know, it wasn't great, but the dr- I was like, the drummer's really good though. So, yeah, yeah. but anyway, he's like, yeah, well, we got a, a tour booked in Europe in about six weeks, four, eight weeks, and our guitarist just quit. And I was like, I'm your man. Let's go. There you go. And so I went home and learned a few of their songs and, Next thing you know, I was I was in the band. That's cool. How long were you in the band? And I was in the band until 2020 when the band split up. So how many years is that? I'm that just... was 11 or so. On oh, my wow. feet, math is pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, about 11 years. Um, and then and that was about the time I, I I got a few months before that I'd gotten sober, but the band was clear. It was just. All showing all the signs. The guitar player was really into raising his family, not going to be able to tour for a few years, couldn't oh, leave okay. his daughter. You know, nothing I'm really slighting anybody for, but the right, the band right, right. was not a priority anymore. Life was just anymore. getting in the way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and COVID hit, and we were all stuck in our houses, and it was California, so you really had to stay yeah. in your house. And, uh, you know, and I was getting sober, but... Um, I I'd, I'd sort of during those last couple of years started picking up the old tunes and picking at some stuff that wasn't even kind of punk, and uh, it, that was the thing. Rat City Riot was we were touring a couple of times a year for the first couple of years in Europe, and then they sort of slowed down, and I was like, well, I'm not going to slow down. So I, you know, and I'd, I'd gotten this nickname, the Smoke Boss, in the okay, Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah. It's a long story, but anyway, um, so I started touring as the Smoke Boss, just doing solo. You know, I was oh, doing. Nice. I started doing more punk stuff, just acoustically, and then it and just is sort that of. What you went to Europe with, with right? It? Yeah, okay. I did because I'd already times too, like a, those sort of like acoustic punk type tours. Yeah, it, it started like that, but I started doing you know branching out into the old you know the. Different kinds of, you know, I've always been into so many different kinds of music. Sick. And it was, it just sort of branched like that. And those were the most successful tours I had, you know, yeah. because, you know, you you don't have a van. You don't, yeah, yeah. You load in is, I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> Guitar yeah. cases on the stage. What yeah. do you want? Unfortunately, <laughs> when I was doing those kind of tours, I was still drinking. So, you yeah. know, they weren't very successful. <laughs> no, I was drinking too, but, right, it, yeah. it, you know, it was the Rat City Riot crew was the drinking. You know, I, we had 
we were more popular because of our drinking, I think, because we hung out after the show and partied with everybody I all know, the time. I know, that's something I worried about a lot when I, when I stopped drinking was, uh, you know, is, 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 are people going to want to come out and see a band who's, who, you know, I was like, are we like a buzzkill? Turns out it doesn't matter. It no really doesn't. Yeah. And it, I had the same thing. And, and it, yeah. I wonder if it's the same. In Europe, it might be more of an issue because yeah. they just don't have alcoholism that they recognize as alcohol. They're like, ugh, drink or you're not a real person, you know? No, <laughs> it's it, different culture. It has been changing. Um, it's getting better, but it definitely is for real different. Yeah, yeah. very different. Yeah. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, um, so the, I moved here, started doing open mics, and that's how I met Lucia. And I, I guess through Lucia we met Bill. And uh, But all, most of the band is just either people I met through Lucia or people I met through these open mics. Because the scene here is so fan You can just go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and every right? club has a great, you know. Yeah. And, you know, obviously not everybody's brilliant. But m- most of the folks you see playing have at least something to contribute. You know, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I mean, every time it, it's funny. Every time I ask, I, I, we do this podcast, and I also write for this magazine called Livewire. And one of my questions in that is, how do you find the Florida scene? And everyone always says, people talk shit about the scene down here, but it's really good. Yeah. And but everyone says that, so it's like, who are the people? Like, like, like who, who are the people talking the shit? I right? know, and why? <laughs> well, you but the, the flip side of that is if you don't have people talking shit about you, you don't have a scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's only a scene when a, a larger group is looking at it, you know, refuting it or saying it's no yeah. good or something like that. Yeah, I think, that, you know, that kind of public perception of Florida as like sort of America's waiting room for death, you know, with right. a, a, like has this kind of... <laughs> And so it's like there couldn't possibly be anything cool going on, but there is. There really is. Yeah, but yeah. there isn't. If you're listening from out of state, don't come to Florida. <laughs> come to Florida. All those stories are true. It's terrible. We're horrible place already. To anyway. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, cool. So um, where did we get up to? We got up to uh, the present day, I guess. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah, we it's, things have just been snowballing in a good way it's it's just fantastic we've had all these opportunities to play all these great places the brew house gallery gave us basically our first gig and they, that's yeah. that's our home you know joe is such a wonderful lady hi yeah, joe i, I hope you're watching she ever, she's been super supportive of me over the years mm-hmm. you know, fantastic and and millard too they're just great folks and and that was such a great you know, just to AJ, find a home first yeah yeah and then then you just feel like okay now let's take this place let's yeah. go everywhere we can play for anyone we can yeah. let's not worry about any of the nonsense most people worry about their whole life let's just play yeah. Yeah. let's just get that going then we'll worry about you know all the other nonsense you're supposed to worry about as a yeah, rock yeah. and roll band you know sure no that's great i'm g- glad it's you know, you've been having so much fun with it and it's all been going so well. It's exciting. Um, so earlier you were talking to me about recording. Um, I don't know um, if, if you want to tell me about it or one of the, someone else, but um, I'd love to hear a little bit about um, how you've been recording your uh, album that you're going to bring out. Well, Bill, I mean, Bill introduced, and I'll let Bill take this one, uh, but Bill introduced us to this genius, Guy Galtieri, who uh, he's got a master's in, in engineering and he's, he does a lot of live recording too, but 
He's got basically every mic you can ever think of, and this yeah. whole setup. He he brought the he set up a studio in Lucia's house to do the drums. Right, um, but I'll let you tell talk about guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> guy and I were in a band called Numb, uh, mid to late '90s, primarily covers, but we did some original stuff too. A uh, really talented guy, uh, good singer, rapper, guitarist, keyboard player. One of those rare guitar players who never wants to take a solo. He's happy yeah. only playing rhythm. He he's the only one I know who yeah, really. qualifies. I, I'm a guitar player. Hi, Bill. I don't claim Hi. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then there's Andy, of course. Uh, but he he got his masters from Berkeley and uh, had some recording projects with me where he recorded some of my drums while he was earning his degree. And uh, now you know I'm, I recommend him all over town uh he'll yeah, come he'll I've, come to you and i've got him on socials and stuff and yeah. um I, I guess i just don't know him super well but uh that, that's that's awesome you guys have been recording there where where exactly is, are you doing that again we well we did some of the rhythm tracks at lucia's house uh we just did some overdubs at guy's house up in palm beach gardens so we've just been working at guys just so we didn't have to cart everything down to lake worth and, yeah anymore. gotcha do you guys all live in lake worth I'm in Lake Worth Beach. Um, I'm in Jupiter. Oh, there you go. Me too. I'm in Lake Park. Gotcha. Gotcha. So am I. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're close by. Yeah. So we've all, we've we've been playing a lot of similar gigs lately, and uh, apparently we also live in similar areas. Maybe we just all need to like join up and be the same band. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got more people than most ska bands right now, so you're just all welcome. Come on. The smoke boss. <laughs> smoke boss. Killbillies. <laughs> How, how many of you are there in, in total? Then? There's seven of us right, right now. There, there was eight. Uh, but yeah. It's, Why don't you shout out all the people who aren't here? <laughs> uh, well, I should, yes. We have Jeffrey the Viper Sullivan on lead guitar. The Viper. Who's a local celebrity yeah. and uh, has a great hat. Goes <laughs> <laughs> um, a long way, a great hat. We have what's that? I'm sorry. It goes a long way. A great hat. It really does. Yeah. Um, we have Arturo and Jet Afanador. Arturo is our bass player. Jet is our accordion player. Okay. And we have John Ace, who is uh, this fully bluegrass, dyed in the wool bluegrass fiddle player and mandolin player. Neat. He is just. I, I've learned so much from this guy. I mean, from all of these guys for sure. But John just comes from a different world. Yeah. And he said so. And he's like, you know, this. Uh, but I, I heard him talking. He's like, the the cool thing. It's a challenge here. I feel challenged. This is, yeah. <laughs> this music is interesting to me. And, sure. And he's and so that, that brought him in because it's not his. Well, not yeah. His if bag you're of really beans. a bluegrass person, then it's pretty. I mean, it's quite a narrow. You know, it's very specific. Extremely like, specific. Yeah. 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 If you go on any of those bluegrass forums or whatever, that that. They're so mean. So yeah. just like about everything is unbelievable. <laughs> but like, um, you, you know, I'm I love bluegrass. Love to listen to bluegrass. But uh, I mean, Killbillies is just like anathema to big bluegrass fans. You know, it's like we use right. feet drums. Every, oh, <laughs> drums! <laughs> what is yeah. drums? Yeah. yeah, John. The first time we played with Bill with John, he was like, I don't know, man. I was here. Earplugs. Yeah. Yeah. Over yeah. Here. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they just don't. 
have the drums in there. And or, it's or incredible. Plugging, plugging in your instruments is a big drum. <laughs> 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 and actually, it's not fair because we have played bluegrass festivals and they've been really, really nice to us. But yeah. I know that, like, you know, there's a little bit of muttering behind our bed. <laughs> right. Wait, <laughs> and not to say that they're wrong or anything. They're just very, very dedicated to a very specific yeah. way of approach yeah. of approaching music, basically. Yeah, totally. And I think that's important in a way because it's preserving something. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a place for for all of that. You know? Absolutely. Um, you know, if if you just sort of if you just you don't have your eye on what like the thing you're trying to preserve, and everything just sort of ends up like whatever, whatever, then I guess you you could you know you're at risk of losing something. Maybe mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if that's true or not. But I, I, yeah, I love that he's kind of come out of his comfort zone completely, and he's like. You know, he's he's he says, "Oh yeah, that smoke boss, he certainly challenged me." You know, he's like, "Oh, what a good yeah," lad. and he's, he's good just, for you. yeah, he's he's got an excellent ear, and he just goes with it. And so. Lucia plays in another band called the Gypsy String, String Revival, Revival, and that's where John came. Like uh, her uh, lead singer in that band found John playing on the street one day and oh, took wow. him home. Yeah. basically. Michelle yeah. Michelle Pennington, who's in the band with the three of us, and. Um, she, um, yeah, she met him uh, on this at the uh, green market, That's right. oh, and cool. then invited him to a jam, and so he came along, and yeah, that was great. That's perfect. And but, uh, um, I don't know if I've ever seen Gypsy String with revival. Is that like more bluegrassy? Yeah, it's a bit more bluegrassy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have uh, different members. You know, actually, um, John's seasonal. He comes back and forth, right. and so um, we have other people, you know, stepping in. Yeah, cool. John's what we call a snow fish. He sails his boat down <laughs> half the year. That's yeah. like 100% cooler. Right, yeah. That's pretty badass, actually. Yeah. Capremark, trademark, Andy Mensing, Smoke Boss, Militia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's funny because the gig that we played, um, the one, uh, the Legends on the Lawn out in Boynton, I heard the people setting up the lights and they were like, oh, there's only three of you. You should have seen this other one we had to do. There was like a million people here <laughs> micing up this, micing up that. We're like, yeah, I think we know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he was like watching us all setting up like, ah. Oh. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, it, there is something nice about the sort of streamlinedness of only having three guys but anytime we get a fiddle player it just melts me I you know it immediately makes it sound better I saw the video of Patty King <laughs> yeah. playing with you guys that was really oh, he's so such good. a great every player. time he plays yeah. with us we're always like <laughs> we should have him in the band we should, yeah, just, yeah. We should just be the fourth member <laughs> unfortunately the fourth every beatles. time Patty plays with anyone they're like we should have him yeah. in the band. <laughs> he's in high demand absolutely yeah. yeah he's a good lad I've known him for a long time so years and years ago he played in the first couple of years of Kilbillies, when um, we got a gig at Carson's Tavern, he used to be brought by his dad. He was like under eighteen, or he was a young, Jeez, young fella, yeah. and and he he'd uh, you know he'd come and sit in with us, and it just steal the room, you know, mm -hmm. this young yeah. this young young fella, and you know now he's a peer, and you know in his sort of whatever late twenties or whatever he is now, but it's it's crazy. You know, I've seen seen him as a. A, a whippersnapper. <laughs> and he was, he's been amazing this whole time, you know. He just—he's got great stage command. He just I, grabs I, it. I yeah. love seeing him like very cool. The room. He puts—he he does the wireless, and then he runs around the room, and everybody's mm -hmm. dancing, and he's dancing with them while he's playing and stuff. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's fun. Amazing. It's fun yeah. to watch him play. <laughs> Absolutely, born to do it. That one. So um, it's funny. I, you know, I—we've already sort of touched on it a little bit, but I feel like you guys would be 
um, oh, you, Andy, would be a good person to talk about this um, because um, and we've bonded over it before with this whole sort of stopping drinking thing. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I just wonder, like, when it comes to alcohol, etc., how have you fa- how have you found like playing? shows in bars do you find it challenging anymore like where are you at with all of that it's uh, amazing how much easier it's got i mean it was a real struggle when i just first go into the open mics just like okay you go and you play your two songs and then you sit very quietly in a bar and you just watch everybody else drink and you're like (laughs) but uh one huge thing that i don't know if i could have done it without the Pertinekins, I call them. The Heineken Zeros and the okay. all the non-alcoholic beers that taste better. Yeah, well, than a, a buddy of mine does it that exact same way. Com- it works really well for him, too, yeah. And, and it's not like I drink, you know, there were a couple nights in the beginning where I, I'd have a whole bunch of them and be like, I just have, well, you know, all I have to do is go to the bathroom a lot. But other than yeah. that, you know, it's just sort of manic. Like, but hey, I'm one of the, I'm one of you, too, see? Yeah, <laughs> you, know, right. it, you know, it's, it's weird. But at, at, to the point where... We were playing a show two or three months ago, and I just remember being in a bar and looking around and going, wow, I'm just not feeling any kind of yeah. tractor beam on the alcohol. Like the, I just the like, obsession feel really has been good. Lifted, yeah. You know, and <laughs> you, you know how it, you, have, yeah. you have your good days and you have your bad days, and they, you know, you can't, yeah. you, they're never over either of them, and you just sort of remember that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, it's. I know that I always had a, a predilection for it, um, and then through going through all of that, you know, the recovery stuff I've gone through, I see now that you know how far back it was. It has been a thing you know, mm-hmm. since I was like thirteen, fourteen, you know, and um, just glad I managed to figure out at some point. And and good on you, man. And and the uh, you know, not saying you know that. I'm not going to come to an abrupt halt at some point, you know, by accident or something. But you know, one day at a time and all that. But um, but yeah, like I now enjoy myself so much more, especially playing music. You know, I, I'm better at it for mm-hmm. starters, right? Know? And um, and and it's not always this kind of chase to sort of or this like tightrope to find the line between like don't feel terrified to be in the room and too drunk to play. You know? Right, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, um, yeah, you know. Good on you. Congratulations. Thank you. On and that to you one. too, man. We we found out when we were talking that we quit uh, like within a week or so oh, of each right. other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's literally that's right. Exactly so the same amount of time. We're on a similar journey. Totally. Both coming from punk, doing something else, and both doing yeah. it sober. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Totally. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's very similar actually. We're in banjo bands. There's <laughs> English people around. Right. <laughs> All of our collective yes. friends are going. Yeah. You have a banjo in your band, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? We've got, che- we've got cheese lovers around you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love a bit of cheese in life. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like my new obsession. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, the, the next question is one I just love to ask people. Um, do you practice? Do you sit at home and practice your guitar? I do not as much as I should, but I feel like I do more than I, you know, I could avoid it a lot more right. easily. And I'm, I'm proud of 
not avoiding it as much as I do. I, I wish I was a pretty. I, I wish I was more regimented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. most people are. Mo- yeah. Most people f- want to be more regimented, even if yeah. they're like playing it every day. Mm-hmm. Most people would probably want to be more regimented for sure. Yeah, totally. What about you, Lucy? Well, I think definitely with the bluegrass stuff. If I don't practice, then I regress. So right. I really have to, you know, if I want to make strides. Yeah, I feel I like mean, music I've, is not like riding a bike. You no, know, you, you just got to keep it up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I have periods when I really just immerse myself. But um, yeah. I feel like with banjo too. I mean, it's just those rolls and everything. You know, like yeah. James, the banjo player in our band, he he practices a lot. You yeah, know, he's, he's really all good, the time. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And 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 he does have comparatively quick sort of development but but it's still a you know it's a slog you know yeah just it is a slog you've got just to sort of keep where you are you got to, and then to get better you have to do that extra mile so. yeah yeah totally yeah. I'm personally in awe of it I just I, and I feel like I do have a pretty good understanding of a lot of musical instruments and music but the banjo is still like yeah Duh, cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's how awesome. the heck did you do well, that James is actually James is a bass player first and foremost. Oh wow! And he picked up the banjo five years ago, I, I roughly. Guess 20, wow. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Twenty seventeen. And from my understanding, it was just a conversation with you one day, and you needed a banjo player, and he said, "Yeah, sure, I'll try it." Well, and he had right. one knocking around the house, I think, yeah. prior. Yeah. And then he just decided. I think he'd been messing about with it a little bit, and then he just started to take it seriously when, um, you know, he, he joined Kilbilly's, um yeah, bef- you know, this was still when I was sort of drinking and being terrible. But um, it, you know, he he he's been there for me for a long time. James, is a good lad. That's cool, and yeah. he shreds that yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I've been in Killbillies just under three years now, and just in the time that I've been in Killbillies, I've seen a huge improvement. Yeah, for in, real. I mean, he was good when I joined, and and he's just ridiculous now compared to when I joined. So I mean. And it's practice. It's just sitting at home yeah. and doing it, getting it done. You know, it's yeah. crazy. And you've been practicing too. We all have. I've been going backwards. So, because <laughs> yeah, Hector picked up the bass for Kilbillies. Like he 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 could already play the bass guitar, right? But he picked yeah. up the stand up for yeah. Kilbillies and he's made it like a ton of progress too. Yeah. Awesome. It's a very impressive outfit, the Killbillies. Yeah. Hey, wow. Fun. 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 I'm surprised to hear that. Tomorrow's my last yeah, day. But it's fun. <laughs> Glad you like it. Would you like my place? <laughs> Do you guys need to stand up? Keeps trying to get me to learn new instruments, and they're huge. But, um, yeah. What about you, Bill? Are you practicing these days? I don't practice so much physically as as much as mentally. You okay. Know, a lot of practice is just going through things in your head and yeah. knowing what you want to do and making sure your hands can execute it. Sure. No, absolutely. And I, I think that's a big part of any endeavor is, you know, I'll find myself wandering around the house or, or sitting in my car for like 20 minutes and I'll be like, oh, I haven't done anything. But actually, I have done a ton. You know, I was mm. just ordering your thoughts, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, mm. Especially with, like, I don't know, I've been doing some writing for that magazine and I find it. I find I'm like I feel I think I'm not doing it, I'm ignoring it. But I'm not. I'm just like getting it sorted out so that when I go to write it it comes yeah. out right, you know. Right. Yeah. And like I'm starting to be aware of that now. I'm like, you know, go easy on myself a little bit cuz cuz I am actually doing something it just isn't physical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's what I tell the wife. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm doing something. <laughs> 
doing something. What? <laughs> okay, honey, see you at the arraignment. <laughs> so when, so when, what kind of, um, what, what kind of influences would you say that uh, Smoke Bloss Militia leans most into in terms of musically? Like, who would be your dream band to like play with? You know what I mean? Um, say Killbillies, say Killbillies, say Killbillies. The, the Killbillies. <laughs> the Killbillies. And, uh, <laughs> um, it, it, I have such a, uh, so many answers to that question. Our, our band motto is genre is the enemy. Like, yeah. I am just so tired of, well, what kind of music do you play? Good music. Yeah, I feel that, man. But I just hate when, when you, if you say, oh, well, we do a lot of country. Like, oh, I, I don't like country music. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> do you like this rock guy and needs roll? To hear that. Then you like country. <laughs> I hate country music. <laughs> yeah. no, you don't. He thinks he does. He you just don't. doesn't. <laughs> he plays. He plays. There's he, certain. He likes Johnny Cash. So he likes. There's country. certain. Yeah. You know, Johnny Cash is a country. Each of these genres has led to bad places, but they also lead to good places. I'm just saying, if you if you're trying to write off, right? Like, uh, I hate country music, but I love Johnny Cash. I'm like, then you don't hate country music, right? You know, exactly. Johnny Cash is a country. Music. I mean, this is the you know you heard it here, folks. But my, uh, I just think it's so important to forget about genre uh, when you're talking about good music. Forget about what you know. I couldn't agree more. It's an afterthought as far as because you uh, you know you'll you'll all hear my record our record when it comes out, and uh, it's it's all over the map. We, yeah. we, the the best thing we've come up with so far is uh, outlaw singer songwriter music. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know it's like. I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. good. You'll yeah. like it. It's it's positive. It it moves. It, yeah. It has beginnings and ends, and the you know. That's so awesome, and I think it, this is just a really really good time to segue into. Why don't you guys play us a couple of songs? Sound good? Yeah, we'd love to. Thank you. All right, ready? One, two, three, four. <laughs> Yeah. 
561 Music is sponsored by Jupiter Inlet Boat Rentals. Jupiter Inlet Boat Rentals and Boat Club is Palm Beach County's premier boat rental company and boat rental club. They have been in continuous operation since the year 2000 on the beautiful waters of Jupiter Inlet. It is the affordable alternative to boat ownership. Their membership club ranks number one in both quality, availability and customer satisfaction. 
You'll choose from their fleet of boats consisting of deck boats, dual consoles and centre consoles. Rent offshore fishing boats, deluxe cruising boats and plush deck boats, all powered by four-stroke outboard engines. Their vessels are fully equipped for your safety and comfort with styles suitable for ocean and intracoastal use. They are located just two minutes away from the mouth of Jupiter Inlet, which means fast access and the most beautiful stretch of the intracoastal. In fact, no other boat company can match their ideal location. Fishermen will be thrilled to note that sports fishing starts just a quarter mile offshore and the warm Gulf Stream is a mere three miles from the shore. The address is 1095 North A1A, Jupiter, Florida 33477 and you can find it at jupiterinletboatrentals.com. The telephone is 561-741-1212. In their efforts to make boating affordable, they offer rental discount membership programs that do not require a large investment up front. You pay a little to join and pay as you go. Other boat rental clubs take all your money up front, charge a monthly maintenance fee and hope you never show up. At Jupiter Inlet Boat Club, plans start at 700 to join and each time you take out a boat, daily fees start at just 249 plus fuel. There are no monthly fees. If you have heard of the boat club from 561 Music, please let them know when you call or go there to book a boat and the friendly staff will take that into account and take care of you. We are also sponsored by Oasis Route. Now, Oasis Route Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where you know that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. and uh, It just kind of makes you feel uh, uh, nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from 
very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, We've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, We are also a studio, a live stream venue, and we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in, and it was a real success. Um, But outside of that, we can record albums, we can help you with your EPK, and we have full audio-visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. All right, that was great. Um, so we just listened to some ads, and um, w- the last ad was for Live Music Community, which is where we're sat right now and where I work. And, uh, you know, you've already heard the ad, so you know what it's about. But um, could you, uh, do you guys have any advice for upcoming musicians, people starting out? I have one piece of advice. Do not listen to Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good quote there. We, we cut these out, so that's going to definitely be a one. <laughs> you, you got anything? Um, just enjoy, just love what you do, really. I think if you, if you love it, you've got to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. The old adage of... Uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. All that, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's true. You got got to love it. I hate everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to 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 love it again. I went through a little bit of a dark patch there, but I definitely love it again now. You know, like yeah. grateful for it. You know, it's my favorite thing ever. Um, have, have you got any advice there? Enjoy playing with other people because it's becoming a dying art unfortunately there's a lot of solo artists uh, nothing against them but it's like talking to yourself in comparison to playing with other musicians yeah no the the profound words from all three of you especially the gene simmons comment (laughs) (laughs) so could you tell us a little bit about what those songs were about oh well sure um the first one is called the ballad of curtis birch and that one was written, a, uh, this whole record is, it spans 30 years of songwriting for me, which is really kind of fun. It's like an anthology kind of, yeah. you know. Oh, nice. Um, but that was a uh, song I wrote in the mid-90s. Um, and it, a lot, it, uh, with a lot of my songs, it's, it's not like one thing. It's like throwing a lot of stuff in and then you sort of get a th- theme hopefully right yeah, yeah. Um, but that one was I just had this I think it, it was a this crazy dream I had about this family watching their house burn down in the middle of a bayou you know by the water in a blizzard okay in the bayou like you had all the the, the hanging stuff and, but cool it was all dream. covered in in icicles and whatnot, smoke on the water. and they were singing <laughs> they were singing I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton well better known by Whitney Houston, but it's actually a Dolly Parton song. Yeah. Yeah. You country haters out there, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Why you gotta look at me? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it spawned from that, and it just became this story of these these people in, in these really 
ter- series of terrible situations and making the best of it. And I think that's a, that's a theme in a lot of my songs is, you know, even if it's a, a subject, you know, I, I, I've been married several times with no success. And a lot of the songs are sort of reconciliations And taking a really bad situation and putting it to some really moving, kind of grooving or, you know, music that pumps a little and and makes you, goes the opposite direction of the way the lyrics are going. Put it there, that's that's literally my whole, that's my only approach to writing some of the sound. It's just a fun, it's a cathartic thing, it's, you know... it's it's almost you're you're almost you write something and you're like, well, do I have any right to ever put this on anybody else? But then you yeah. play it for somebody and they go, no, that's pretty good. And then you're like, okay, I do. Well, it's, <laughs> it's therapeutic though. It's almost like a release. Absolutely, you know? yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, did we talk about both of them? No, nope. and then uh, misunderstood, which is about my fourth failure, matrimonially speaking. <laughs> gotcha. Coining words now. Podcast, you can make up words, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. I think but, that's actually a word. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Matrimonially. <laughs> that one's not a word. Sorry. Well, good. But I did make one. <laughs> but yeah, that's just uh, another situation that was just absolutely terrible, and I just sort of made it a. Uh, it, that's. I think that one's the most kind of in the bluegrassy direction. Mm. Yeah. You know that yeah. one just kind of. You know, it just kind of goes like that. Yeah. But uh, um, just turning, you know, making lemonade out of lemons kind of thing. Sure. I mean, it's quite the track record. And I think that having any kind of sort of traumatic stuff or, or difficult stuff in your past is just a wellspring of, of creativity, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And But it's, it, 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 in a way, I feel like I'm taking responsibility for it. I'm not just bashing the the other person (laughs) and making them the villain it's like no this you know that everybody had maybe some good stuff and some but this is what happened and and now here's how we're looking at we're kind of laughing out of the side of our face with so if you um if you start running out of ideas and things do you think you'll just get married and divorced again so that you can write something else or (laughs) (laughs) no i think a lot of those those matrimonial failures were alcohol related that's fair that's fair or induced. Yeah, no, I hear that. I think I, I, I hang on to my marriage by the skin of my teeth there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, you know, doesn't do well for the other person, does it? At all? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, what what's coming up for you guys? Have you guys got a release date for the album or anything like that? We don't have a release date as yet. We're um, the, the recording in Florida is done. I have... Uh, Enlisted, got uh, Shanghai, Shakabuku, whatever you call it. I've got some of my uh, some of my heavy hitter friends who are cool. are deep in the the music industry, and they've agreed to bless some tracks. Are you guys yeah. releasing as an album, or are you going to release any singles first? Or my like plan, and this is this is where it turns into we're interviewing you because I have so many questions about you guys have put out a few <laughs> records. Well, this is this is the time to do it, and uh, <laughs> you know we're we're figuring that out. Like my plan is to uh just do a, a single wait a month or two do, do a couple of singles before we actually drop the record yeah but we're trying to figure out like how do we get it on you know i, I feel like i haven't been out of the picture that long but it's an age right yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's a totally different planet i just landed on as yeah. far as getting music out there and you know yeah. obviously you got to be playing have we, you done the whole that. thing with like the with uh like 
CD baby or distro kid and all we're talking uh, distro kid looks like the best choice right now to get the stuff up everywhere yeah, yeah. cheaply and easily do you have but what I, that's what I want to know what do you guys so uh, so we, we use CD, CD baby, baby yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we did I did that in the beginning yeah, it's basically the, these but I days. It's basically died. no, it's still going. It's, these mm. days is basically the same as DistroKid. It just yeah. it does it. You know, you can you can put it on all the streaming services and all that. I think stuff. CD Baby's just been around a little bit longer, right. so those of us that have used CD Baby in the past just kind of stuck with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it it is basically the same idea. It throws yeah. it all up there. And um, we released our album all at the same time. Now, the reason we did that is because it had been a minute since. Killbillies have released anything and I just sort of wanted to put something like a backstop in like this is the new band you know mm-hmm. and just so when people go on Spotify they're hearing James and Hector the first yeah. thing they hear mm-hmm. and have like a, a bunch of tunes that's that now if I know that the, our next release we're not going to do like that at all we're mm-hmm. going to release one tune at a time and push them like that because it definitely is the most sensible way to do it yeah. for sure right yeah. well that, that's what it's looking like for me but I'm, I'm just trying you know I, I, 10 years ago when I first started doing the Smoke Boss uh, tours by myself I had a buddy in Slovenia who made rolling papers like the big uh, you know, in the smoke boss, it just sure, sort of yeah, fit. Yeah. So we did rolling papers with the download code inside. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And people, what is this uh, rolling papers for fi- five euro? I don't know. That's six. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's it's rolling papers, but it's it's my record. Yeah, what yeah. do you mean the record isn't? Um, it was just before its time, but I'm right, right, right. I'm thinking now that there are dispensaries in America all over. If I could somehow find, so if you're a uh, manufacturer of rolling papers out there, give me a call because <laughs> you could have I would, some smoke boss weed. Well, you could just go straight to the. We could you know. go, but I just think the start <laughs> would be a rad is to have a box of rolling papers with the download code yeah. for the single well, or yeah, the you whatever could have grinders. You could do all sorts. Of well, things. right, but well, just you don't even have to have it be a. A da- like there was a time where I would say like you know people downloaded physically you know like a digital copy to their phones or right. to whatever device they were listening to, but everybody streams now so so realistically the QR code could either be just steer you just to Spotify or if you know if you're worried that somebody's not using Spotify in, you know in particular you can have that QR code just go to a landing page on like your website that has yeah like a link tree that has that all has, the that has you know Apple and and uh, whatever it is like Prime, Stitcher yeah, and Amazon and Stitcher and Spotify and all the main ones at that least, is a great know? idea so it would just be a QR code that would just go there and I mean the QR code is you can make a free QR code anywhere on the internet. Sure, yeah, it's easy to do. But I just thought it'd be cool to have a little box of Smoke Boss wrapping papers right there at the point of purchase where they're going, oh yeah, I need rolling papers. It's a great idea. We still do sell CDs, but like, like two a week. You right. Know? Yeah. Like we don't sell many. Yeah. They're probably more I'm, I'm not going to make CDs. I have too yeah. many friends and bands who are like, "Oh, do you want some of my CDs?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, I sure don't. We do sell them, but I mean, but not a, not a ton. And we did in this album. Um, we're in the in the home stretch now of uh, of getting a pre order of vinyls that we had ordered, um, and so this one we we decided to go vinyl on this one be, yeah. just because we recorded it at Sun Studios and right. it just seemed like a nostalgic thing for Sun Studios you know and having wow. a vinyl is just so nice yeah, you know? yeah Sun it's Studios. so fantastic yeah, and fun. people are doing it by, and, you know I have and some I, I'm, I, I hope you guys are watching too because uh um, Pirates Press. I'm going to be calling soon. Uh, you know, I know. I and know I saw some you of those asked guys. Me a question about it. We can talk about it afterwards. For some reason, I couldn't get my head together to answer it properly. But we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, vinyls on the 
Definitely vinyl. Definitely not CDs. I just yeah. don't. I don't think you know CDs are expensive as hell to produce, and yeah. nobody's got CD players anymore. But that was really. all part yeah. of why we released an, an album as as opposed to a song or two at a time. Mm-hmm. Is um, you know, one it was the whole like he said it was that backstop of like this is the new killabilities. You know, we're back to basics. This is this is you know who we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because the whole thing was recorded at Sun Studios we wanted to kind of release it as as a hey this was the experience yeah. you know it's, and, a, it's an album yeah, yeah. and you also and also like we wanted that, to right. do the vinyl and it made no sense to have a vinyl with two songs on it yeah absolutely. absolutely i'm not going to lie to you when i when i was doing the promotion for it it made it a lot trickier that it was an album because it was difficult to get a focal point i mean i ended up just picking like the most singly song on there and then pushing that the most but it made it a little bit more confusing because there was like a bunch of other songs there. So it really is a better idea to release them yeah. one at a time, for sure. Like I, having gone through this whole process of going through all those websites, trying to get it on playlists, da, 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 mm. all that stuff. You know, if I was just dealing with one track, it would have been yeah. way easier. Yeah, Absolutely. the the other yeah. band I'm in, I'm in another band with Justin and uh, Euphobia, and we're we're about to start. Actually, in about two weeks, I think we're about to start recording, and um, it's a concept album, but. But I think we're going to go that route of of just releasing, say, like three tracks at a time. Right. And, you know, like here's part of the story. And then, you know, a few months down the road, here's another part of the story. And then eventually you'll have the whole album and then we'll present it as an album. But but right. I think I, it's just more fun and you can stretch it out longer and you can keep the interest longer. Yeah. As and opposed you don't have to, to record for a long time then. No, no <laughs> as opposed to, you know, as opposed to like, hey, here's our album. And then three months down the road, you're like, and that was it. <laughs> I know. You spend, you put all this effort in and spend all this time doing it. And these days it's just like, you know, you, you get a little bit of a flurry when it happens. And then it's just sort of in the, it, it, in the well of... Right. Uh, Everyone else. Dead music on Spotify that's just hanging out there. I mean, right now I've I've got ads running on social media and stuff. I'm still like pushing it on, I'm trying to get it on different um, playlists and things. So, still working at it. But, um, you know, you got that, that's what you got to do. You got to, you've got to constantly be trying to, trying to get those plays, which is, uh, I don't know. The thing I miss about, CDs is it was such a good money spinner for bands like because mm. the thing is people would come to the to the gig they'd buy it when they were drunk and they might not <laughs> listen to it ever again the thing about the streaming thing is that is that like they have to <laughs> this sounds rather cynical but they have to actually want to listen to it right like yeah. it, you know you could you could sell a bunch of CDs that no one that they would never listen to at gigs and that's just a, a, ve- a revenue stream that is just gone you know, it's true. Yeah. 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 yeah there's, there's no shortage of dying revenue streams for bands, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. It's a growth but, industry. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, what are we doing this weekend then, Hector? Let's see. We have got um, Sailfish Brewery in Fort Pierce on, um, on, Friday. on Friday. And that is where we're going to, Zach is going to, we're going to pick up the uh, in-ears. Oh, perfect. So we're going to try out some in-ears in the next couple of weeks, see if that works out for us. Nice. I wish you great luck. I have had no good experiences with those. Well, I've never done it, ever. And I never wanted to do it in, like, a rocking band. Right. But, like, in a band that's sort of more chill, like Killbillies, you know, comparatively at least, I think I could 
I think I could do it. Yeah, our, our biggest, we tried it as punks, and that was probably the biggest mm-hmm. problem. Our, our biggest yeah. issue, our <laughs> biggest genre. issue, is the upright bass. <laughs> where with the upright bass having the monitors like right there, yeah. there's so much feedback oh, all the time. Yeah, it's we, just uh, it's a nightmare trying yeah, to, yeah, between the accordion and the fiddle and the just trying the banjo. To, we're always. We have, I mean, we we've yeah. gotten pretty good at it, it's but tough. but we're always fighting it. And so our mm-hmm. thought process is, if we do the inners, maybe maybe that takes care of some of that. And if it does, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, poor old Hector's wrestling with that whole being able to hear it versus yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Oh, but you don't good. have the Marshall stacks and the drums that really just make those kind of like. Well, somehow right. my guitar drives them nuts. Like, it's just too for some reason it's it, it's loud, and I'm sure it's my fault in some it's way. It's not. It's and it's not even that it's loud, but his guitar has a very a very warm bassy tone to it, mm-hmm. and when it comes out of those monitors. Even if I don't have him in my monitor at all, we're always playing these small little stages, and he's right next to me. And so his monitor that's right next to him is still somehow, you know, hitting. hitting yeah, they, my upright. they start communicating oh, yeah. with yeah. each other, and it starts. And I still get, I still get those warm low tones in, right, you know, right into the the portholes there of the uh, the upright, and it's just immediate like. Whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why they designed the electric bass. But <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, on on a Saturday we are uh, where I'm playing at Steam Horse Brewing. For um, it's a charity event. Earth Day. Um, it's a birthday. No, is it an Earth Day? Uh, or Earth something? Day. That's Earth right. Day, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, so I'm playing. It is a birthday for the Earth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's Earth's birthday. Earth Day. Yeah, so I'm doing that at Steam Horse Brewing from uh, five to seven, and then we're playing um, at Paddy Max from nine to midnight, and that's on Saturday. And then Gardens Green Market on Sunday. No. Oh yeah. 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 That's, yeah. And that's the, this um, Sunday. If you've never been to Palm Beach Gardens Green Market. Is a lot of fun. It's it a, as green markets go, it's up there. There's some good stuff there. Yeah, we're playing uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, so that's mm. yeah, it's fun. It's a really good time. There's a lot of people there all the all the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, you'd like that, man. You should look that up. Yeah, yeah, you guys would kill it on there. We're also playing Earth Day Saturday. The Smoke Boss Militia will be at the. St. Lucy Earth Day Festival. I think oh, cool. it's just St. Lucy oh. in the name, but yeah, that's oh. why I keep screwing it up. <laughs> no port. I would like yeah. the river rather than just, the town. Oh, St. Right. Lucy. Lucy. Well, we'll yeah. be there from 2 to 5, and we sure love it if you came out. Yeah, wicked. <laughs> have, you, have you guys got any other gigs coming up? Uh, we do. We have Shash Bash. Shash Bash. Uh, it's Shash's birthday. birthday. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention oh. um, that Shash, Shash is, is, is your um, other name, alter ego. We're using yes. code names. We're using code <laughs> names now. I'm the smoke boss. That's Shash. Yes. <laughs> yeah, cool. So so when's that? That's uh, May the 26th. Oh, cool. Oh, that's at the Brew House Gallery. Yes. Yeah, wicked. And um, then, one, oh, sorry, one more. And then June 1st, we'll be at Clematis by Night. Yeah. And we are also legends on the lawn. Right, <laughs> I know. And, and we didn't know we were either. Yeah. And we're playing, we're playing Clematis by night in June as well because our one got cancelled in April. So uh, June twenty ninth. Yeah, we're like following each other around, guys. We're doing a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, we'll do the same stuff on the same day on the same stage. Well, right. I mean, that's the one. If I can make one Florida gripe, one band per show. Yeah, is crazy. We're, we're changing that. Don't worry. We've got to. We're, We've we're, got to start five, six, doing one is gonna, shows together. Five six one is going to start doing some pop up shows, and we're going to start doing some themed ones where you know maybe one is all punk bands, right. maybe one, and uh, it won't be you know it won't be like the festival with twenty bands, but we'll do you know three bands or something. Two or three yeah. is yeah. great, and, yeah. you know. And then yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's well, not a new thing where 
bands play for the whole night and stuff yeah. like that. But it's just from where I came from, yeah, you know, we had four or five bands a night, which is the, too much. The big thing is but, <laughs> that a lot of bands down here are working bands, and yeah. so it's hard. You know, they, you know, you can't pay a band, you know, whatever you're gonna pay them. You can't pay them, you know, five hundred bucks to play thirty minutes, right? They, yeah, you know, and then have four bands playing that night at five six hundred dollars a pop. I mean, you know? really, quite honestly, that is exact. That's why, but um. You I know, realize and, it's and there's the a difference between that thing, kind of sure. like entertainment, bar entertainment for the evening versus a show. You know, it's right. two different things, and we try to blur the lines with it, you know, as much as possible. But um, you know, I it, it's responsible for a pretty big part of my income. So you know, sure. I'm not trying to sh- rock the boat too much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh right, and we want to play your place, and we'll take that over. You know, but um, <laughs> I just, you know, it's just a personal gripe, and obviously, I'm in, yeah, I'm yeah. in the in here, and I am you know, I'm here to play, and and oh, yeah. everybody, I, I, all the places we played at know that you know how we do. We come and we just try to make sure everybody has a great time. Yeah, yeah absolutely, including the band. It's because the band isn't having fun, then nobody else is going to. Yeah, yeah. for sure, thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, how about two bands tonight? There's got to be some way we can work this out. So because I think your you know attention spans have dropped. Yeah, four hundred percent in the last five years. <laughs> And to expect somebody to hang for three hours for the Watch, same band. Watching the same band for how, three no hours. Matter, no, matter no matter how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter when it was, that's a long time to watch the same band. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But nowadays, it's just like you're dreaming. Yeah, well, because yeah. the bars and the venues <clears throat> typically expect the bands to be more of a jukebox than a band. They, they right. want you to play a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just not realistic. You know? Yeah, yeah. Especially well, the tribute acts. For the Smoke Boss yeah. Militia is ready to meet that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we play every damn thing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your like, uh, bubblegum rap album. <laughs> <laughs> With band Track room. three. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming, guys. Um, we really appreciate it. I think Hector's got a bit of a, a, a spiel he's going to do. I don't know what to say. I usually, right about now, I like give like a 15-minute spiel about the festival, but the festival's over, so, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. no festival talk. So all I got is like and subscribe. Uh, follow us on all the social medias at 561 Music Podcast. Yeah. Uh, our website is 561music.com, and on that website, you can submit to be on the podcast. You can donate to the podcast. You can become a sponsor of the podcast. You can check out Killbillies from there. Um, I, I don't know what else is on there. There yeah. might be some dating apps or something. I don't, I don't know. There's a little bit of everything. Oh, you can order. Uh, you can order. We have uh, left some leftover shirts from the Five Six One Music Festival. So right. if you are uh, still in need of your Five Six One Music shirt because you did not pick it up at the festival, or you did not make it to the festival, or um, you just didn't have any money that day, or you're just a terrible individual and didn't want to support a lot of local music, yeah. um, you, you can, can redeem go, yourself. You can redeem yourself by going to Five Six One Music dot com. There is a uh, a link in there, and you can uh, you can order festival shirts. Uh, we have very limited supply of certain colors and certain sizes. We've got um, like every size, but like d- depending on yeah, what we color pretty much have every size, but but not in every color. Yeah. Um, so um, 
and then that's for this year's festival. There yeah. are a very, very limited supply, like very limited supply of last year's festival, but those are on there as well. They're pretty um, cool t-shirts. So, yeah. you know, I wear mine all yeah. the time. As well as um, the lanyards and stuff that the bands and everybody had for the VIP stuff. Yeah. Um, we have a small handful of both of those from of those from both years as well that we're, you know, we're selling off. Uh, I bet you they'll, they'll sell like super sparingly, uh, but then in like 20 years when they're like vintage and weird, we'll, there'll be like this huge demand. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like one million dollars, and yeah, then I'll yeah. kick myself for not keeping one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean that's basically it, right? That's it because there's yeah. no festival to talk about until next year. But yeah. but you know we can start talking about it now. Ten dollars, twenty bands, <laughs> April something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll move it to the end of March so that we get we escape the rain. I don't know. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it was April first. So yeah, like, how it. how into March do we really have to get? We basically were in March. Yeah, I mean. it's, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank oh. you guys so much. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. such Thanks. a great. Uh, it's just great to meet you, man. We're, Likewise, we have a lot in common. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. Totally. Thank you. Yeah, fellas. it's been lovely. Thanks so much. Having Thank you. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. See you later.